this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. We are solutions looking for problems. That's what this series is all about. We are in week three of our solutions sermon series this week. And I spent some time this week asking God why he would give us this series right now. I mean, uh, don't we have enough on our plates right now, God, right? The the virus, the government, and politics, and racism, and and murder hornets, and snow in May on top of everything. Not that any of those things are equal in terms of problems by any stretch, but come on, right? Aren't our plates full enough, God? God reminded me this week that I cannot fix everything, that yes, I am called to be a solution in my world, but not the solution to everything. In fact, there's very little that Candace can fix, but the Jesus within me has already conquered the grave. He's already set the captives free. He's already healed the brokenhearted and given the blind their sight. He's already done it. He's already given us favor in this year. Yes, even in 2020. Or we may feel like this year has been a little cursed instead of blessed. He has given us favor. And now the spirit of the Lord within me has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recover sight for the blind. He sent me to set the oppressed free and, and to proclaim the year of the Lord and his favor. Me. And you, we are called to be the solutions because of the Jesus within us. And when you begin to see yourself this way, you'll open up avenues of solution and blessing you never even fathomed for not just you, but for generations to come. There are two books in the Bible named after one prophet in the Old Testament. Now, this prophet had a huge impact on the history of Israel as a whole. He's venerated by not just Christians, I learned this week, but Jews and Muslims as well. He oversaw the transition from the era of Judges. We talked about the book of Judges in our Bible trivia earlier. He oversaw that transition from the Judges to a kingdom under a king. He was the ultimate problem solver. Of his day for sure. So much so that kings would wait for him to go into battle. They would wait for his word. They would consult with him on more than just war, on national policy. And what is God saying about this? What I'm trying to say is that the prophet of God named Samuel was a big deal in the Old Testament. But his life almost didn't exist. Samuel wasn't just a solution when he was an adult, but even as a kid. Samuel was a solution from conception. A solution to problems that Israel didn't even know they had yet. The story goes that in the beginning of 1 Samuel, Hannah, again from our Bible trivia, Hannah was Samuel's mother. And Hannah had a mother's heart long before 
she had children. Hannah wasn't able to have children, actually, at the beginning of this story. And let me just say, before we get into this today, this was not my first pick for a Mother's Day story, simply because it it involves a mother and a child. Honestly, I wanted to preach David and Goliath today, but I just couldn't get past 1 Samuel 1. The Holy Spirit has something for us here today. Maybe maybe the Holy Spirit will allow me to preach the David sermon next week, but you know, I know that some of you are struggling today. Mother's Day can be difficult for some of us. We've lost mothers recently, or we have that mother's heart, but no children to go with. I want you to know that God sees you, sees that pain that we see you here at Freedom Valley. We're here for you to talk through anything you might want to talk to, but there is a mother's heart within us. As women, we have a mother's heart. Whether we have physical, biological children or not, we can mentor someone else, right? We can care for other people's children. Whether we get that construction paper Mother's Day card or not, we can still use that mother's heart for the glory of God. And he has enabled you to do that. If you are one of those people doing that already, happy Mother's Day to you as well. But the story goes on that Hannah's husband had another wife who... I like to call Penaniah the perfect. Uh, she liked to make fun of Hannah for her lack of children since she had just so many. Okay, some of you think bullying is a new problem. It's not. It goes way back. Penaniah the perfect liked to bully Hannah a little bit for her lack of children. And so on their yearly family trip to the temple, Hannah prays this prayer to God. And you can feel the pain, the depth of the passion in this prayer as she prays it. And this was the part that I just couldn't get past this week. First Samuel 1 verse 10 says, Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. I don't want to break down this prayer a little bit because I've always believed that prayers work, right? That, that prayer can be powerful. And I've always believed in the power of a praying mother as well. But this particular problem in Hannah's life, very big to her, don't get me wrong, but in the scope of humanity and history, doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But this particular smaller problem led to a huge amount of solutions, many, many, many more solutions over the course of Samuel's life. And because it was recorded in the Bible, solutions to your life as well and mine. And I I want you to see the power of this prayer. Oh, Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. We're going to break this prayer down today. The first thing she starts out with is, if you look upon my sorrow. Hannah diagnosed the problem. She diagnosed the problem. And she got it right. She was faced with a bully, Penny the Perfect, right? Who made fun of her day after day for not having children. And she was driven to the walls of that temple with 
utter despair, wailing, crying before God. But she didn't see Penny the perfect as the problem. She asked God for a different solution. She didn't even mention the bully, actually. Instead of asking God to take Penny out, Hannah asked God to heal her. And this is important because we, we so often misdiagnose the problem and we come to very wrong solutions. We can't bring ourselves to possibly believe in a God that's big enough to solve the big problems. So we ask him for smaller things instead. God, if you could just do this. If you can't heal me, could you just do this? If you can't give me that, that promotion at work, could you just do this? We don't often ask him for the big stuff. And, and I know it takes courage to pray the big prayers. She was in anguish. She threw herself before God, put all her cards on the table, poured out her heart, and she asked for the big solution. This was one of our, our fast from wrong thinking. If you're following along in the Bible plan this week, this was one of them. Fast from small thinking. Open up your mind and the possibility that God is so much bigger than your problems, that he can handle it, the God of heaven and earth. This is actually what worship is meant to open up our minds to. This is what worship does. Oh, there's praise and thanksgiving. They're all sort of along the same vein, but worship specifically is only about God. It focuses you on him, on who he is, and you take you out of the equation, right? It's, it's not, thank you, God, for giving me, 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 me. It's just, God, you are the provider, you are the healer. You are the comforter. God, you are so good. You, you created heaven and earth and, and you know all the stars by name and you know the amount of hairs on my head and it, it's just listing the things that you know about God to open up your mind again to the possibility that he is big, that he can handle it, that you can trust him. She diagnosed her problem and she asked for a big solution. If you look upon my sorrow and you answer my prayer, cry out to God. He listens. Pray the honest prayer. He moves. He delivers. And I've done this before too where I've worried and fretted and I've internalized things, right? And it tore me up on the inside. It ate away at relationships to keep things in, but it's very safe to unload your fears and anger and worries to God. He can handle it. Be honest with him, truly honest. And every time I do this and I really get to the root of something that maybe I, I was covering before or just, you know, pushing away under the rug or, or whatever, when I really get to the root of an issue between me and God, I can just feel him smiling over me when I do this. He just smiles. Like, Don't you know I've got this, Right? But when I hold back, I, I rarely feel anything. But as evangelist Johannes Amritzer always says, I think God prefers an honest cussing to a hypocritical hallelujah. And I always get meme mail every time I say that. Don't at me after this, right? Because I really believe in it. No, I'm not endorsing cussing. I'm just saying God prefers you being you. He prefers you being honest, even if that's angry, 
even if that's grieving, even if that's upset, he prefers the honest conversation. Whatever that is, he can take it. He'd rather that than you hypocritically saying, hallelujah, God, I love you. He wants you. He wants that honest conversation. I officiated a wedding lately, and it always strikes me when I do that, uh, just how much people edit themselves around pastors. <laughs> so I get this on a weird level, right? Oh, they don't. You know, they feel you out a little bit, but they're, they sort of apologize for behavior and they sort of hold back around the pastor, right? I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't think Jesus wanted that. I always have to make a joke like early on, like you have to work harder than that to offend me or, or something just to put people at ease. I want them to be themselves. I think Jesus would have wanted people to be themselves, he doesn't leave you there. Don't get me wrong, right? He doesn't leave you in your sin and selfishness and whatever. He, he pulls you along, but he wants to get to know you. He went to parties with sinners. And he turned water into wine after people were already drunk. He loves people and he allows his love for people to trump religion a lot of times. Again, he doesn't leave you there. But he wants the real you, our real selves, not the display versions, not just the Instagram pretty feed. He wants the real you. Cry out to God like Hannah did. Be honest, and he will be in it. If you look upon my sorrow, she said, and answer my prayer and give me a son. I think this part of the prayer is just simply about acknowledging where your help comes from. Who your blessings come from. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, the Bible says. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. God is love. He is light. He is Goodness and mercy and peace, if it's good and perfect, it came from him. And, and any amount of that love and light that we get to experience here on earth is a part of him. It comes from him. Acknowledge who is the solution. This is important because you cannot get it twisted. God is your source of provision, not necessarily your job. God is your provision. He provided the job that provides for you. So he is the source. Your job is not the source. God is your source of truth, not culture, not the media. God is your source of truth. God is your source of protection, not other people, right? Not all the things going on in our world. God is your source of protection. God is your source. Hannah knew this. She cried to the source. If you look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son. This is the part of the prayer. I don't, I don't know if I could pray. I'm going to be really, really honest. Can I just be honest with you all? I don't know. As a mother, I don't know if I could pray this. She said, if you look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, I will give him back to you. I will give him back to you. Can you imagine being given the one thing you've always wanted and 
and turning around and giving it away. Because that's what Hannah did. As soon as Samuel was weaned, she brought that little kid to the temple to be raised by priests and to live his life in service to God. But every year on that family trip to the temple, she'd come to visit, she'd bring her son some things, and the priests would bless her. She honored her promise. Hannah ended up with three sons and two daughters after Samuel because she honored her promise and gave Samuel to God. She never saw that blessing as her own. She never saw Samuel as her own. Great parents that I've seen remain great throughout their child's adulthood, which is a a tough transition, I'm sure, for any parent, but they remain great, uh, I think, because... At some point, they begin to see their child as more of a brother or sister in the Lord. They begin to see them more as a friend than their own. And Hannah got this from very, very young. She never saw Samuel as her own. She saw him as God's. He was a blessing straight from heaven. and She sacrificed that blessing right back to God. Maybe this isn't a parenting concept at all, though. I know it's Mother's Day, but I think this is a much bigger, broader solutions concept. Sometimes the solution that you've been praying for is also someone else's solution. Your solution can be someone else's, but maybe God won't release it until you're ready to give it back to him, until you're ready to be obedient with that blessing in your life. And when you do, when you give God everything and fully surrender it, he'll use it for so much more than you could have ever imagined. Not just for you, but for the people around you as well. Maybe for generations to come. This is the secret, the surprise of sacrifice. Maybe you're asking him for that raise right now but you're not tithing. You're asking him for a blessing, but you're not being completely obedient, being completely trusting of what God's asked you to do in the first place. Maybe you're asking him for healing right now, but you can't bring yourself to give up those bad habits that he's asked you to. Maybe you're asking for one of your children to come back to God, but you're not setting a great godly example yourself. Right? And it, this doesn't apply to every situation, but maybe, maybe there's something you need to sacrifice to God today for him to open up the solution in your life. Maybe God is waiting for you to get to that place that Hannah was able to get spiritually. Where you're not just asking for yourself anymore. And Hannah wanted something so badly for herself. But at the same time, was willing to give it back to God. She understood that principle of sacrifice in God's kingdom. The principle that states that when we give something up into God's hand, it's not gone and it's not wasted. Nothing is wasted in God's hand. When we sacrifice out of obedience, God honors and he blesses. And God's math is not addition, it's multiplication. He gives you back exponentially more 
He does not waste a sacrifice. And some people will say that this is just, you know, the, the generosity principles. We, can't, we have to throw all this out, right? We don't just give to get. Yes, we've seen it misused sometimes in the church, but it doesn't make this principle wrong. There's a principle of sacrifice in God's kingdom. When you sacrifice something out of obedience into the hand of God, it is never wasted. Never. You all have been sacrificing church time throughout this season, right? You've been sacrificing meeting together, singing together. But your sacrifice isn't wasted. Nothing can be wasted in God's hand. The government can't take anything from you. No human can take anything from you. Your salvation was bought on the cross 2,000 years ago. It cannot be taken like that. You have everything you need in Christ Jesus. Instead of complaining about everything going on in the world right now, about our, our rights and we can't meet together, shouldn't we as believers be saying, take the world. Just give me Jesus. Take it all. I don't need it. I have Jesus. And so I have everything that I need. Take the world. Give me Jesus. You can trust God with your honesty. He will listen. You can trust God with your prayers because he will answer. You can trust God with your sacrifice. They are never wasted in God's hand. A hand of sacrifice resulted in an uncommonly, for that era, uncommonly godly man raised in the household of wicked priests, but not being influenced by them. A man who answered when God called. A man who we now consider to be the first of the prophets after Moses at a time when God's words were rare and infrequent. That we see him now as the last of Israel's great judges because even though he didn't agree with it, he was also the man who inaugurated Israel's first two kings. A man who was a blessing to his people and a blessing to his God. In the Solution series, be willing to sacrifice a little bit for each other. That's what disciples do best. Sacrifice for one another and for God. Step out in obedience like you never have before, even if it's difficult. Maybe it's as simple as one more Zoom call this week after a lot of Zoom calls to check in with a friend. And maybe it's as simple as turning off Netflix for an hour to read your Bible and pray. Maybe it's just making sure a family member has, has all the food that they need in this season. We have to learn to sacrifice for one another and we have to learn how to pray bigger prayers. And not just your wants and needs and desires, but what is best for the kingdom. Not just what God can do for you, but what can you do for him? We have to start seeing our things, our blessings, our privilege as something God can use for his purposes. 
We don't have God tagging along in our back pocket just waiting to be pulled out in an emergency. We're the ones in the back pocket. We are his solutions. We are solutions looking for problems. God use us. Even if that means we have to sacrifice something. Father, help us as a church to live out the calling you've called us to, to be the vibrant, passionate, and selfless church you've called us to be. Help us pray bigger prayers, selfless prayers. We would come before you, hearts open, genuinely asking you, having honest conversations about what we need and desire, what what we want in life, but also completely and utterly willing at the same time to give it right back to you. That is true surrender. Holy Spirit, bring us to that place. Truly surrender to your will. Still walking that line between asking you for what we want and being completely willing to let you change our plans. Today, maybe you've never accepted the sacrifice that Jesus made for you. He came here from his perfect place in heaven. He walked on this imperfect earth. He loved us genuinely right where we were at. And then he allowed himself to be nailed to a cross. He sacrificed his own comfort for you so that you could live in a personal relationship, an honest and open line of communication with your heavenly father who is perfect. There is no way that could happen without the sacrifice of Jesus. He came to wash away your sin, your selfishness, your pain, your shame, all of your past mistakes, and to make you new, to make you free, to give you back to God so you can hear from him again, so you can speak to him again, so you can be in right relationship with your heavenly father. Maybe you've never asked Jesus into your life. You can do that today. He's made it so simple. Just say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in the sacrifice that you made. I accept the sacrifice that you made. I accept the forgiveness from my past, and I choose to walk into my new nature that you've given me. I choose to start a brand new life with you today. If you'd like to do that, it's really as simple as that prayer, but we'd love to walk you through that prayer as well and give you some resources to help you with that decision. You can go to effie.church slash I am in, or you can just comment simply wherever you're watching this, I'm in, in the comments. We'd love to reach out to you this afternoon, but maybe you have already accepted Jesus's sacrifice in your life. You would call yourself a believer. But you realize today that you need to pray bigger prayers. Believer prayers, disciple prayers, Hannah-style prayers. You've been putting God in a box. You've, you've made him too small in your thinking. You need to open that up today and pray bigger prayers 
can type that in the comments as well. I'd love to pray for you. And I have one more response. Maybe today you're saying, you know, I know I have a sacrifice I need to make. And maybe it's as simple as, as tithing. Maybe it's um, some kind of just God's asking you to step out in obedience in some way in your life and you just can't bring yourself to do it. Maybe today your response is just to have that honest conversation with God. Just start with, God, I, I know you've asked me to do this and I'm struggling. Just be honest with him. I'd love to pray for you as well. If you know you have a sacrifice you need to make, type that in the comments. We'd love to pray for you too. Father, once again, we pray for Freedom Valley Church. And even though we've been spread out over these nine weeks, we haven't been able to gather together as we're so used to. We are still a family. We are still the vibrant, passionate, selfless church you've called us to be. Help us to walk into our purpose, that you've called us to be solutions in our world. Help us to see the problems clearly and our part in it. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just powerfully fall on every single person watching this today. You'd arm them. You'd empower them. You'd give them authority and wisdom. You'd help them see where they can step up in their lives, where they can choose to walk in obedience and make those sacrifices you've called them to. So you can also help them see the amazing grace that you've given us. That you sent your son to make that ultimate sacrifice for each and every one of us. Father, we thank you today. We leave this service today empowered, emboldened, and ready to be solutions in your kingdom. Help us be solutions looking for problems. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.